1: 426
2: You guys, it's Rick Tittle.
3: All righty then, thank you so much, and welcome to another live edition of Titillating Sports. I'm your humble host, Rick Tittle, coming to you from my house in uh, the East Bay Hills. What neighborhood? Your mama's neighborhood. Um, And uh, another three-hour show, which is what we do, 9 to Noon. I've been doing this coming close to 20 years now. M-F, 9 to Noon, Monday through Friday, Right here on Sports Byline USA, which is a network that is coast-to-coast and around the world, and it's great to have you with us, especially those of you listening on different platforms and formats. Uh, Shout-out to our troops who are listening on American Forces Radio Network Worldwide. 500 outlets, 177 countries. You're the ones that uh, keep us safe. Uh, A big shout-out to those of you on the USS... Theodore Roosevelt in Guam, an aircraft carrier with a lot of people inflicted with the coronavirus. Um, All our thoughts are with you guys and gals over there. That's rough, but that's our military, and they always step up for us. Um, We were supposed to have Susie Quattro on the show. We're going to have her tomorrow. And as much as that's a disappointment, uh, because I'm a huge fan and her new documentary is amazing. I watched it last night on a screener. Um, We're going to have her tomorrow. She had something come up, so... I know I said it would be today, but things happen. It's live radio, and hopefully um, tomorrow. We will have uh, Bernardo Hernandez. Bernardo Hernandez, he's coming in, calling in from España. That's coming up after a quick break to talk about Zeruno Games' new title, Home Gang. Karen Lyle will be here for Cell Sports Talk at 940, as she always is. On a Tuesday, she'll bring back Sir Robin Knox Johnston. He is the brave Sir Robin. At 10.10, 10, Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet in Vegas will join us. And then at 10.40, author Sam Smith, uh, not the singer, but uh, he has a book about Jordan calls There Is No Next. And uh, we'll talk to him as well. 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to call. The Twitter is at Rick Tittle. Come on back. Let's do it.
4: This is Jesse's O'Reilly Auto Parts story.
5: As a nurse, not making it to work was not an option. But driving through the snow with my wiper blades struggling, I just didn't feel safe. So I pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts, and before I knew it, an employee was offering to install the wiper blades on my car. I got to stay out of the snow for a moment, and I still made it to work on time.
6: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto
0: Parts.
7: From roof to foundation, the damage to your home can be devastating from clogged gutters, leaking roofs, rotting wood and fascia, and flooded basements. Protect your entire home with Leaf Filter, the nation's number one rated gutter protection system.
8: One of the things that I like the most is that I don't have to get back on the ladder anymore.
7: Leaf Filter starts by cleaning, sealing, and realigning your gutters. We then install our micro mesh screen over your existing gutters, which is guaranteed to filter out everything except for water. Trying
8: other products is what made us finally go to Leaf Filter.
7: And Leaf Filter's lifetime transferable warranty makes it an extraordinary value. Leaf Filter is going to make my home more valuable, especially when I go to sell it. Call 833 287 3435 or go to getleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection and estimate. Call 833-287-3435 or visit getleafilter.com. Want to hear something amazing?
9: Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted, 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.
7: Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle, isn't he so handsome? He's a genius.
3: Thank you so much. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome Bernardo Hernandez. He is calling live from España. He is from Zaruno Games, and he's talking about the new title. Holmgang on PC. First of all, before we start, Bernardo, we keep hearing uh, about uh, Spain and and the virus. Of course, it's hitting here in America too. But uh, is there any any hopeful signs in Spain? How are you guys doing right now?
10: Hi, 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 Rick. Thank you very much for asking that because the um, the situation of uh, the virus is very well. It's, it's very. It's not so good. You know, here in Spain, we, we are always outside. We love going outside, being on the bars, on the on the restaurant, etc. And well, it's quite difficult. That mm, well, uh, the situation is it's not good, but we we have some hope for to have less COVID cases in in a few in a few days so all right yeah let's uh keep our fingers crossed
3: on that all right so the game home gang memories of the forgotten home gang is a a term from scandinavian uh areas uh which meant uh, a duel uh in the old days but uh the setting of this game this is a a hack and slash game um very stylized with kind of watercolor art it's very interesting looking what was the the genesis behind the project when did this uh First, come into your psyche. There,
10: yes. So we start this video game, and we call it Holmgang because it it is um, it's um, a transmedia project. Uh, we we know the, the author of a book called David David, and David mm, writes a book. And when we read this uh, this book, um, we see oh, David. This this book is like a video game. So we decide to do a Holmgang uh, based on, on these books. With a very experienced team of developers uh, I' worked before in other companies such as uh, and in other games such as castlevania and Red dead redemption 2 and, and other games like like this one
3: now you're gonna have three different protagonists and um yeah. You have uh, Kondar, the Barbarian, Tatsu, the Ronin, and Valencia, the Amazon woman. Each one has its own, of course, hack-and-slash combo styles. Can you explain the what uh, the basis yes. of these three characters have?
10: Yeah, sure. Um, these three characters are very inspired on old-school games like Golden Axe. I don't know if you remember. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah... <laughs> and each character has, has his own um, characteristic no? so specification each one can for example one one of them is more heavy the other one is more more uh, more agile and the other one uh, valentia the amazonian is a, the range uh, has a bigger range with his, um, with his weapon so so uh, each character are totally uh, customizable so you can change the way you are going to do it, your combos, your uh, your attacks, etc. But each character is different, and something very great of this game is that at the, at the start of the game, um, they 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 have to, you know, to, to follow um, the story of each one, and and the story uh, at the beginning they don't know. Uh, anything about them, about the other one, about the other characters, but during the the story, they are going to have more relationship between them.
3: You know, it's interesting, too, when you think about um, all the different paths you can take in this game, because it's not linear. There are different selections that you can choose that you go throughout this journey, and it is on land and sea, right? So that's something that you wanted to make sure to
10: give it that replayability factor, huh? Exactly. Yes, we 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 are very focused on the replayability because we want to we want that the player could play his own history. So you can play your game and you can select um, where do you want and what do you want to do. What is
3: it? Can you describe? Because um, I I've seen the the demo. I've seen a lot of the screenshots. The lighting is is very nice and all that. What was the um, the, the impetus to make sure that you could have this on land and
10: sea. So the, you, you mean the the environment and the uh, mm-hmm. impact? Sorry, yes, okay, yeah. Because yes, yeah, the story is based on on, any, on, a, on a, non-existing, uh, you know, universe. So it's something very large and very, and uh, yes, this this demo you can play it on, on Steam and this demo. Uh, you, you are going to play in um, a submerged castle, so you are going to play under the water. It's a castle under the water, and you are going to see fish, um, fish warriors, and something very strange. But, but that's very cool to to play.
3: You know, a couple more questions for Bernardo Hernandez from Spain. Here is Reno Games' new title, Home Gang. <laughs> The yes, music yes. is very important to you. There's some great orchestral score and each character sort of has their own theme, don't they? Yes
10: Yes, exactly. Each character has his own theme. and we, we are working with, with very good uh, compositors uh, because all the music is from from our, from our company. And the company, the sorry, the, the music we are doing is very orchestral music, very powerful music because we want to adapt this music to the video game and what we are seeing. So um, for us it's something very, very important because it's part of the video game and it's also part of the story. The uh,
3: puzzles in this game uh, as well, that's another thing, and you can find hidden loot. It's just more things with it. What was it like trying to come up with original puzzles? Because I'm sure that was both
10: challenging and rewarding. Yes, very challenging puzzle because the game, of course, is a hack and slash, as you have said. But, um, yes, there is also puzzles because we think that that it's very, very important to, to change the gameplay and to invite the players to, to do something different and not only uh, pushing the buttons with nonsense. No? So that's why the puzzle is very important. And in this game, there is uh, some environmental puzzles, so you can uh, push blocks, you can also play with a fire, uh, etc., to solve the situation and to have extra stuff or discover new ways or new paths. Because uh, do, when you play with one of the players, uh, you can play one, one on one way, on one path, you know? But if you open a new path, you can go to another place and play something different with another character or, or, or discover new things
3: Tell us how uh, Kickstarter how you got involved with them and what they're doing for you
10: yes well we have started the Kickstarter last week and and now we are we are starting with, with that because we, we want to, to launch the game very soon but for that, you know, we need uh, we need funds. We need a lot of efforts, and we need also to involve the community to make the video game as the community of players ask. Because for us, the, the players are the most the most important. And, and if you if we can do the video game, they are waiting. Uh, that's something something very important. And that's why Kickstarter is a good tool for, for us. What would be Final question for you:
3: Your favorite part of this game? You think about all the areas and all the three characters. What,
8: what's your favorite part?
10: <laughs> my favorite part are the the action part, because uh, when you when you play, you can hack and slash a lot of enemies. Okay, but uh, sometimes, uh, and one of my favorite part are the the kind of fatalities we do. Uh, once you finish with uh, with uh, with some enemies, you can finish uh, them in a special with a special movement, and 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 that's for me one of the more um one of the best things. Sorry for my English. Huh?
3: No, your English is very well. I just want to remind everyone that uh, the plot uh, Dracorum was a land of peace and prosperity, but King Haziel's death cause darkness and wickedness all over the kingdom. You guys can go to Steam right now, check out a lot more information, screenshots, video as well, and uh, it is, uh, the demo is available to check out. We have been speaking with Bernardo Hernandez from Zeruno Games yes. from Spain, and the new game is called Home Gang, Memories of the Forgotten, and uh, this is a PC game, but you do need the controller for all the different hack and slashing going on. <laughs> Bernardo, uh, very excited about you. the game, and I know there are, you know, bigger fish to fry, as we know, but try to stay safe in Spain, and hopefully we'll see you all on the other thank side. Thank you. Yes, yeah, stay all safe, right, very too, good.
10: In, in the States, and thank you very much, Rick, and, and thank you, soon. All right, good
3: stuff. When we come back, we have Open Lines with you on Sports Byline.
1: That's
6: 877-360-0402. I don't even recognize myself anymore.
9: I'm really worried about him, his addiction. I haven't seen him like this ever.
6: Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill,
9: but I
6: was out of options.
9: I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help.
1: where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store? Great wine under a
0: trophy Struck around The stands tall Space clock upon the face. That was so big on his wall He calls me bloodless sport But he loves to kill his fun And the power that he feels When he on the trigger of his gun But he doesn't kill for food And he doesn't kill for meat I tell him that
2: he told it
9: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
2: Whatever works, girl.
3: Get yourself in. Get yourself heard. We're talking some sports. Coming up in the next segment, salesporttalk.com. As we do on the first hour on Tuesdays, Karen Lyle will join us, and we'll have brave Sir Robin Knox-Johnson back again. Bravely bold Sir Robin, rode fath from Camelot. He was not afraid to be killed in nasty ways. His head smashed in and his heart cut out and his liver removed. In... You know remember all that? You don't remember what I'm talking about? All right, don't worry about it. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was interesting talking to Bernardo about how he said, kind of alluded to the fact that the Kickstarter is going to go on hold. Because, you know, when people are, you know, we have hospital workers in the trenches literally and, they need masks and ventilators and all the things, uh, hand sanitizer, paper towels, toilet paper, gowns, and then you're like, hey, can you give us money to fund our video game? People will be like, uh, not now. So it's interesting. Carly Lloyd, who is a two-time FIFA World Player of the Year, she's won a couple of World Cups, Olympic gold medals, She had... I always point out to I love it when athletes step up the Derek Jeters of the world whose batting averages go up in the playoffs you know they step up when the bright lights are on she was in a World Cup final two World Cups ago in Canada the World Cup final she had a first half hat trick she had a hat trick in 16 minutes for a defensive midfielder I mean it's amazing I got to have Carly Lloyd uh, in studio once and she's and it's funny because you know so many of the the women's team is just, and I, I've been lucky enough to have so many past and present, and they're just such amazing interviews. Carly Lloyd is just—it's just her personality. She's just a little more gruff. She's like, "What? Mm-hmm. Yeah," and she smiles. She's not unpleasant. She's just more matter of fact. And you might remember that after the World Cup, some months later one that the USA just won, and it was knockdown drag out of a tournament. Very entertaining. Megan Rapinoe made headlines uh, in many ways, uh, mostly great. Some of you say, how dare she not do what she's told? Whatever school you're with, Megan Rapinoe was a star. But Carly Lloyd said it was the worst time of her life. The worst time of her life because she wasn't starting. She came in as a sub in the World Cup final. Carly Lloyd is one of the oldest members of the team. Carly Lloyd has had her moments. I would tell her, look, you made the team. Not only did you make the team, you were put on as a sub in a World Cup final. But that's not the way she saw it because she just was used to being the man, so to speak, the main person. I bring her up because yesterday she showed her appreciation of her new car. And she's in the driveway of her house, I guess. Looks like a little estate back there somewhere in the East Coast. You can tell it's the East Coast because all the te- trees are skinny and leafless. But she wrote on the tweet Thank you, at VW, for my new ride. Love the new 2020 Atlas Cross Sport. Proud to be part of the hashtag VW family. Now, USA Soccer announced a three year partnership last year. With VW before they won the World Cup, and uh, this car that she's in, it looks like a really nice, you know, SUV. And the post got a lot of likes, but it also elicited harsh criticism from fans. People calling it an importast and tone deaf, being that the pandemic is shutting down parts of the country, if not all of it. And so, three hours after the post, she went to Twitter and said she would not be apologizing. And you know what? I'm on her side. I really am. I didn't think I would be because I said she always seems a little little gruff. But I'm on her side. This is just a couple of tweets here from Carly Lloyd. Quote, I'm not apologizing for my previous tweet. For some, there is always a reason to be negative, always a reason to voice an opinion. The world is going through a sad, unprecedented pandemic. It saddens me. It is sad that I have to explain myself, but I am choosing to be thankful. Thankful for my health, for time with my husband. I am choosing to put a smile on my face despite what is going on. It has given me a new appreciation for life. Like everyone else around the world, my husband and I have been affected throughout this as well. So yes, I am thankful that after a month, the car arrived and appreciative of it end period of period story period so but i mean she's so right that the internet is full of as the kids would say trolls and as the other kids would say haters that's the thing as i always said you just you're you're better off keeping your personal existence you know off twitter the only time I have ever tweeted, look what I got, is when I get a new video game I'm excited about. <laughs> I don't think that actually would probably be okay to tweet nowadays as well. <laughs> because we're all supposed to stay inside and do stuff like that. You know, I never thought I would be a hero for playing video games. Uh, hero is a word that gets thrown around quite loosely, as you can tell. But um, it's it just it, – and even little things that you can say whatever you want on social media and someone is going to be negative about it. And if you make a joke, someone will say that's not funny. It's, so, there's just always somebody laying in the weeds and a lot of times more than one. And all you can do as the kids – once again, I quote them for the third time – It's just SMH, shake my head, because, and this is, you know, Carly Lloyd, I guess, I don't know, I mean, she definitely got a deal on this thing. You don't say thank you to a car company for paying full price. That is just not possible on the planet Earth, maybe on Mercury, but you don't tweet out, hey, look what I got, and I paid full price, unless you're just bragging. No one brags about a VW unless you get it free. Then you're like, "Ah, this is – and it is a sweet-looking ride. I never heard of it. Atlas Cross Sport. Have you ever heard of a VW Atlas? I'm not a car guy. But so she either got it free, which is understandable, or she got a hell of a deal on it. And everybody's like, how dare you – just tell people, shut up. Carly Lloyd saying, look at my new car. I mean, look, there are times when, you know, I think, <laughs> I don't think it's worth scathing on someone. I, it reminds me of, you know, last year there was that tragic, horrible case where there was a player transferring, a soccer player transferring from from to an English team, and they sent the private little plane down to Nantes to pick him up in France, and then it disappeared over the channel. Horrible, just a horrible story. And um, Cristiano Ronaldo, that same day, and it was after, not before, he was flying back from court in Madrid to back to Italy because he had faced serious charges of tax evasion And he ended up paying a steep penalty but stayed out of jail. So he's on his private plane with two thumbs up saying, I'm a private plane heading back. Court matters taken care of. It's all good. It's like, probably shouldn't be tweeting pictures. But look, everybody has their own thing. Some people, like Ari Shafir, who I really like as a guy – Ari Shafir has shock humor. He's been in studio three times. I've had him on the phone before over the years. He's kind of a shock comedian when Kobe Bryant died in the crash. What did he tweet? Oh, finally, he deserved it. And I don't think that's funny, but he has every right to do the jokes he wants to do. But you're going to face some backlash. You're definitely going to face some backlash for that. And you have to know the back, backlash is coming. So... um I'm on Carly Lloyd's side. She's like, look, I just want to say thanks for the car. Do I have to you know, be sad at all times? And the internet says, yes, you do. We work for Twitter, and you have to be sad at all times. All right, I'm Rick Tudor. Come on back. We'll have a night of the realm.
0: they promise you those kills that
5: do the park. I wonder if my parents will ever be apart. part. This is Karen Lyle with Latitude 38's Max Ebb on Sailsport Talk. Let's eavesdrop on a conversation between Max Ebb and Lee Helm on Sailing Science.
11: I ran aground a few weeks ago, taking my usual shortcut into the marina. Right in view of the Yacht Club, too. I was mortified.
12: (laughs) Max, there's like a little book you can get at the marina office?
11: Yes, I know how to read the Tide book. But this tide was exceptionally low during a full moon. What I don't understand is why, with the sun and moon pulling from opposite sides of the Earth, we get extra strong tides. Shouldn't the gravity from the sun partially cancel out the gravity from the moon? Yet we get spring tides on the new moon and on the full moon.
12: Because it's the gravity gradient, not the gravitation per se.
11: And also, why do we get two highs and two lows every day? If it's the moon's gravity pulling on the water, you'd think there'd be just one high tide each day, always on the side of the Earth closest to the moon.
12: Well, It's the same answer. It's the gravity gradient. The change in gravity from one side of the Earth to the other. In a uniform gravity field, there'd be no tides. Earth and water would like, both feel exactly the same pull.
11: You'll have to explain this gradient thing. <laughs>
12: okay, for sure. So first, remember that gravitational force drops off with the inverse square of distance. For example, if you have a gravitational attraction from a large object like the moon, and then you double your distance away from the moon, you'll only have one quarter of the gravitational force. Easy high school level proof based on a symmetrical Gaussian surface integral. Uh, Look it up. Um, But we don't need to get into that right now.
11: Okay. Inverse square is easy enough. I remember that.
12: Well, now let's work this out with some numbers. So we all know the moon is about 250,000 miles away. The Earth has a radius of about 4,000 miles. The moon is pulling. Wait for it. Oh, 3.3% harder on the ocean, on the side of the Earth near the moon, than it's pulling on the center of the Earth.
11: Right. So there's a high tide under the moon. Makes perfect sense doesn't answer my question.
12: (laughs) Okay, so now look at the side of the Earth away from the moon. The moon is pulling by 3.3% less on the far side water than on the Earth itself. We're left with water on the near side being pulled towards the moon, away from the Earth, and on the far side, it's like the Earth being pulled away from the water.
11: So it's like the Earth and the water around it are being stretched out with high water on each side?
12: Exactly!
11: But still, shouldn't the moon and sun cancel each other out, at least partly, when they're on opposite sides of the Earth?
12: Well, that's the cool part. So, okay, the gravity forces are opposite, but the gravity gradient end up being in the same direction.
11: So it's like two negatives making a positive. Both bodies, even though they're on opposite sides of the Earth, tend to stretch out the Earth and the water on it along the same line
12: good so trick question in english do two positives make a negative
11: no they don't especially not in english it's just like in math a double positive is still a positive
12: yeah right
3: All right. Thank you for that, Christopher Cross. Welcome back to the show. It's Tuesday at 940. It's time for com. First of all, we say hello to our friend, Karen Lyle, as we do every Tuesday. How are you doing, Karen?
5: I'm doing fantastic today. I'm thinking about sailing, but I'm, I'm actually calling you from my uh, stay-at-home place.
3: Wow. You're actually not on your super yacht right now. We are also quite thankful to welcome back to the show someone who is one of our more fascinating guests. So we have him on again. It is Sir Robin Knox Johnston, who is a knight of the uh, realm, and of course to remind you, the first person to stale, uh, sail solo nonstop around the world, and uh, founder of the Clipper Round the World Race. And uh, Sir Robin, thanks for being on the show again. Uh, the uh, Clipper race right now uh, has to be uh, called off. All the boats were in the, uh, the Philippines, and they had to disperse. Is that right?
13: Yes, that's right, Rick, and good, uh, good afternoon to you, or rather good morning, your time. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, we were faced with uh, difficulty of getting food because the shelves were emptying, five-week voyage across to Seattle. Seattle had the coronavirus, um, and eventually the United States closed down, and then Canada did. And so he said, look, you know, we can't take these boats anywhere. We'd better postpone the race for about 11 months and then pick up again.
5: You know, uh, Sir Robin, I'm wondering, where are the boats burst?
13: They're burst currently, Karen, in the Subic Bay Yacht Club. In Subic Bay, it used to be a big American base. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a marina in there, and we've got the 11 boats all tied up there. With a couple of our guys looking after them.
5: Can you tell us a little bit about the people who were on the boats, the captains, and where they all went?
13: Well, um, one of the captains is still out there, and he's looking after me. He's a Spaniard, delightful chap called Geronimo, Um, and one of the mates is still out there, Uh, but all the rest have dispersed. There's no point in them hanging around, just shipkeeping, and all the crews have disappeared. They've, you know, basically we got them out of the Philippines before lockdown there, and uh, just said to them watch this space, and we'll be putting out a message to them probably in the next half day telling them what the proposal is for rejoining next uh, February.
5: Now, I think yes, Wendy uh, Tuck when went my... to Australia, is that right?
13: Wendy, yes, great. Australia, yeah. So, yes, Rick, my
5: father we had was when... based
3: in uh, Subic Bay when he was in the United States Navy and knows it very well. And by the way, Sir Robin, I know you said the title was quite slanderous, but I ordered a voyage for Mad Men Uh, I'm supposed to get it in a couple weeks, the book by Peter Nichols. I I hope you don't mind that I bought the book that was, uh, uh, I I don't know if you still hold him libel, but I bought the book, so I'm looking forward to enjoying that. What do you think?
13: Well, I only said that the title was libelous.
3: (laughs) Okay, sounds good.
5: (laughs) You know, um, I'm wondering, tell us, how did you decide to found the clipper race, and what was that like? Talk about this as a startup up race and what you, know, what you experienced in the very beginning.
13: Well, it all came about. I was actually in Greenland climbing mountains with a friend of mine, and he was telling me what it was like to climb Mount Everest and how much it cost. And I thought, well, wait a minute. What's the sailing equivalent? It's got to be a circumnavigation. And I did some back-of-the-envelope calculations. And worked out if I provided the boats and the skipper, the mate and the food and the clothing and the ports and everything else, I could probably uh, charge people about half the cost of climbing Mount Everest. So I got together with a friend of mine and we built eight boats in 1996 and we started off. And we're now into our third fleet. We've done, this is our twelfth race around the world. But it's all for amateur sailors. It's not for professionals, it's for people from all walks of life. 44 different nationalities, the biggest group being the Brits, the second, the Americans, third, the Australians, and there's just a, a tremendous group of people that they're bound together by their willingness and interest in doing something special.
3: Speaking to Sir Robin Knox-Johnston, CBERD, do you have, and maybe you don't want to reveal it to the nationwide audience, but uh, Sir Robin, do you have an island to which you have a, an escape planned if the pandemic gets bad. Like, do you go down to Portsmouth and get into your yacht, and then you're off to a pitcairn type of island?
13: <laughs> do you know, Rick, that's a very good point. The problem is we're completely locked down. I'm not even allowed to drive around to check my boats. Um, it's mm. only, they're 17 miles away in a marina, but I can't go around to them. So even if I wanted to escape, I wouldn't be allowed to. But if I was going to choose somewhere to go to, oh, dear me, I think I'd just take a nice long voyage, five, eight, ten weeks maybe, and just potter quietly to somewhere and hope that while I'm at sea, this um, pandemic dies down.
5: Well, you yes, know, actually, no at doubt. sea, that's that's probably a very good place for, for um, social
13: distancing, don't you, don't you think? Yeah. Well, especially if you're single-handing.
5: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, can Can you um, regale us with a story from one of your voyages, and 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 also tell us um, if you have you've been a captain in the round the world race?
13: Right. I, um, I skippered a boat in the seventy uh, seven Whitbread. Uh, I jointly skippered Endeavour New Zealand with Peter Blake when we bust the uh, out and out round the world record in ninety four. Um, and I've been around twice on my own, so yeah, I skip it a bit.
3: So Robin, I know that about 10 years ago, you and a, a couple other, um, fellow, uh, Brits in that, uh, that Top Dog show that you went to the Khyber Pass, you went to Tora Bora. Um, they wanted to just see you guys in action. How, was there moments of peril when it came to such a thing?
13: I suppose, um, you know, Afghanistan's a dangerous place. Um, but I had to say, um, we weren't threatened at any time. Um, when we went up to Tora Bora and the, and the border, we were escorted by the uh, Afghan border police, who are a great bunch of guys. Um, and we, uh, we flew back from Jalalabad from the airport there, which at that time was being manned by 101 Airborne Division of the American Army. Um, So you saw people. We saw, you know, drones taking off with Hellfire missiles in the morning, coming back without them in the evening. But frankly, we were never threatened. It was the most fascinating place to visit, though.
4: Wow.
5: Does the Clipper Around the World Race change its destinations uh, and ports that it that pulls into every year?
13: Not most of them, Karen. uh, But normally we'll change one or two during the course of a voyage. That's mainly because. You know, it, it fits in with our basic route around the world, uh, which is from the UK down to South America, Africa, Australia, then up towards China, then the United States, Panama Canal, and this time will be Bermuda and then Northern Ireland, before getting back to London. But, you know, if a port comes up that wants us on that route, and we can fit it in with a schedule, and such things you'll understand as avoiding the hurricane season in the Caribbean which yeah. is one of the things we have to look out for. Um, you know, we'll look at it, and if it's an interesting place, we'll probably say, hey, let's go and visit.
3: When I was in uh, London in, uh, this past October, I took a uh, three-hour cruise down the Thames to Hampton Court Palace, and it was a lovely little cruise. And you saw lots of little private um, yacht clubs and such. I know you were president of the little ship club there on the Thames, and correct me if I'm wrong, but were they not part of the Dunkirk evacuation when everyone got into their own private little uh, boats, even if they could just pick up a man or two and and get over to the French coast?
13: Uh, An awful lot of the yacht clubs in the south of England got involved in that. Um, I mean, the number that went was enormous. The, The main problem the Navy had is they said they were going to put Navy people on the yachts, and the owner said, no, you're not. We're taking them over. And, uh, and so they did. And the Little Ship Club was just one of the yacht clubs. In fact, in the clubhouse um, on the Thames in London, we've actually got a, uh, an ensign from the Little Ship Club was picked up on the beach at Dunkirk as we were evacuating the Army. Wow. Hmm,
5: that, that was um, quite a number of boats. And, you, and, and just back to the clipper race for a moment, You have 11 boats in the Philippines, just to satisfy the sailors amongst us. Can you tell us some more details about the boats that you're using? Are they all the same? Are they different? Um, Can you tell us the brand, the size, length, overall? Just a few little details.
13: Okay. They're all identical. They come from the same mold, and they're 70 feet long. They were designed by a naval architect who's actually Portuguese, but lives in England, called Castro. Um, And they're... I suppose visualize an open 60-type boat uh, in vaguely their shape, you know, plumb bow and uh, Transom Stern at the waterline. But they're, they're built for strength because this fleet is currently going around the world for the fourth time and they've held up incredibly well. But I have to build them tough because the crews are amateurs and uh, they've got to be strong enough to accept the odd mistakes that are made.
3: Do you have uh, one more thing planned? I mean, it, you you sound younger than than we do. You're still going at it. Are you? Do you still have one more circumnavigation? Is there something else that you want to do, or you just play it year by year?
13: Well, my immediate thing, Rick, is uh, the moment this lockdown finishes, grab family and friends, get in my big boat, and we're just off cruising, and we'll yeah. go. I don't know where. We might go three, four weeks and just cruise might go up to Scotland or west coast of Ireland, both delightful places to cruise and very friendly people. Um, and, you know, I'm, my background is Northern Irish anyway, um, so I'm happy over there. But longer term, um, you know, I'm beginning to look at the next Route to Rum and thinking maybe get myself a nice little trimaran and enter that race. It's such a fun race to do. It goes from St. Marlo in France to Guadeloupe, which is in the Caribbean, single-handing, and it's just a great race. I've done it twice before. I quite like to make that three. Beyond that, yep, I'm going to go cruising. I think um, there's places in the world I've rushed past, sailing round it, and I'd like to go and spend a little time examining them more closely. Like, for instance, Polynesia. Love to see that.
3: So you're from Putney, but you have Ulster in your
13: blood. Very much so. Yep. Yeah, we um, both my grandparents on my father's side were Ulster people. Yep.
5: I think. Well, listen. Ireland, it was uh,
3: yeah. it was great having you on again. We've been speaking with Sir Robin Knox Johnston. It's just we could talk to you all day. You are so experienced, so accomplished. Stay safe back there, and I hope to get back to to Blighty soon. I hope you get on your boat soon.
13: Thanks very much, Rick. Thanks for the call. It's great to talk to all you, right. Sir Robin.
5: Thank you so much.
13: Thanks, Karen. Take care.
5: Okay, and
3: uh, Karen, we just have about a minute. Have you? You haven't really. Um, revealed your escape island. It's not the Farallons, I know that.
5: (laughs) Well, actually, we were talking about the Farallons, and we have been discussing this. Uh, Being here in San Francisco, the coast is really not so friendly in some of the places, especially if you were trying to get away from people, because you've got people all along and then otherwise rocks that break boats. But I think the ocean is a destination, and, and certainly talking to these circumnavigators... Um, who've had these experiences out there. I mean, it's really quite marvelous to be out there in the middle of the ocean. You don't necessarily have to go to land.
3: So where can people find out on more about Salesport, Karen?
5: Well, SailSportTalk.com has um, the list of all of the guests that we've had. Do you realize it's been 53 weeks that we've been doing this, Rick?
3: Oh, my gosh, it's been a year. Well, listen, SailSportTalk.com, make sure to check it out. Karen, as always, thanks for bringing in a great guest like uh, Sir Robin.
5: Well, it's been a pleasure having him, and always a pleasure to talk to you, Rick. And we'll talk to you next week at 937. And that is wherever you right. in the world. <laughs> <Right>? oh.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Take care. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on, by.
0: When you hire us, you get a team of guys on your side that know the IRS laws and will fight to save your money.
9: wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face he would clown you
3: oh thanks for that emails rick at sports violent.com. email here from crispy she says Rick what is your escape island you know it's funny I, I read this book once it was a murder mystery book it was true crime it was actually included in my amazon box I didn't ask for it it was like a bonus book and so I read it and there are so many islands you can go to that are inhabited, and then if somebody else pulls up, then you're on this island, and there's no law or hospital there. But I just think about – if you look at the Philippines, right, an established country, they have just under 8,000 islands. Only 2,000 are inhabited. They have The Philippines have over 5,000 islands that don't even have a name, at least not an official name, what locals might call it. 5,000 islands. No one lives there and they don't have a name. And this is in a country, an established country. So you think about sprinkled all over these archipelagos like the Marshalls and the Sandwich Islands and and all these other island groups, Indonesia, as Sir Robin was just talking about. Um, There are places that you can go and escape. (laughs) They're kind of far from here though. So the Farallons don't really work. Like as Karen said, rocks that can crush boats. Yeah, we don't want those. I'm Rick Tittle, we got another two hours together. We got Bruce Marshall, Sam Smith, and others, so come on back on My Line. Hey Rick Tittle with you Coming from my house That's right The secret estate Rick Tittle's rich I remember when 95.7 was starting And they are like You think Tittle would work there? And I'm like Well he's making over $100,000 i am like I am if I was making that much I wouldn't even consider it uh, <laughs> you, Whatever you do You make more than me But it's not all about money Is it? Is it? Uh, stepbrothers Remember Adam Scott said For me it kind of is about the money one 800 play gets you in and gets you heard. It was kind of sad to see that A.J. Reed announced his retirement yesterday. Remember, he was a second-round pick by the Astros, and showing that the Astros swing and miss on some of these guys, and they're still great. But he's this big strapping power hitter and, you know, got called up, hit 149, and they kept sending him down to AAA, and he just kept striking out, striking out, and he went to the Red Sox and the the. um I should say the White Sox put a waiver claim on him, and he uh, was outrighted, so he's retired at 26 years of age. As I said, you think, why would a second-round pick give up at 26 years old? Well, if you've been in the minors for years and years and years, and it's just two teams have given up on you,
9: you might want to say, screw it.
3: The other thing is, the Astros had a big problem with his conditioning. Guy was six foot four, two hundred and seventy five pounds, and um, you know that'll work if you can be, you know, Adam Dunn or Big Poppy or Steve Balboni, someone like that. But if you're six four, two hundred and seventy five pounds, and all you do is K, that's not going to be okay. But anyway, twenty six years old, I'm sure he made a little bit of coin uh, in his time. One eight hundred eight seven eight plays the way to participate. One eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine. Let's get in, let's get heard, and let's talk sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, summer racing, boxing, Olympics, coach, about chess, checkers, rugby, cricket on Tuesdays, sailing as well. Uh, speaking of Spain, Bruce Marshall's is wife from Spain, and uh, we'll see how uh, they're all doing. But he calls in from Las Vegas once a week. He's with the Gold Sheet. Likes talking a little hockey. We'll touch on that as well, even though there ain't no hockey. No more, sun. Come on back on by
4: Hey, so are you the type of guy that wants to look put together but doesn't want to spend hours at the mall finding new clothes so you can look great at the office, on the road, or even just on the weekend with friends and family? I hear you. This is why there's Stitch Fix, your personal styling service that delivers hand-picked clothes right to you. Stitch Fix is simple. Sign up in just a few minutes. Tell them about the brands that work for you and even let them know what types of styles you prefer. Stitch Fix is convenient convenient. You get great clothes delivered right to you so you can try new styles on in the comfort of your own home and make a decision without any pressure. And Stitch Fix is on your terms and priced to match your budget. There's no subscription required ever. Keep what you want and send back anything you don't. So isn't it time you got it all together? Get started today at StitchFix.com. Stitch Fix, personal styling for men, women, and kids. Stitch Fix
1: be published travel experts are here 24 7 to help 800-754-4531 800-754-4531 800-754-4531 that's 800-754-4531 it has been said that everyone has a book in them but do you have the time or the ability to write your book
3: All right, thank you for that, Lawrence. Just pretend you can't hear me through the walls. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast, around the world on AFN. And we're at FAN of Bruce Marshall, our friend from Las Vegas, who runs the gold sheet. We like to catch up once a week and talk about what's going on in uh, hockey. And um, you know things are slow, and we know why. But you know things are slow, Bruce, when the uh, top headline in hockey today is that Zidane O'Chara said that took a Rask, uh, when he passes gas on the bus, it smells really bad. That's when you know the headlines are at a premium.
15: I think that's so. And I, by the way, I do miss, uh, first of all, I miss Randy Hahn calling uh, anything. No, I like Randy Hahn, but... Uh... Randy on intro is really good that you have. You're right. Uh, But there there is some interesting stuff here, Rick. And um, just make sure we bring it up here. And it it sort of relates to what the NBA is talking about doing. and, And who knows how this stuff is going to progress over the next couple of months. Uh, But the NBA is thinking about one of its options to restart the season is to have everything happen in Las Vegas. Now, that is assuming they can lift some things in Las Vegas, not necessarily for fans coming to the games, but for just for games to take place where the players can play against one another. And um, in the NBA's case, uh, they'd like to get to the 70-game threshold for uh, regional TV payout purposes, and not all the teams are there yet. So the thought is you bring all the teams into Las Vegas, and there are several venues that they could use. Now, they used for the Summer League the adjacent venues at UNLV, Thomas and Mack Center and the Cox Pavilion Pavilion host all the Summer League games, which the NBA already has booked up for, what, two weeks in July anyway. Uh, But given that and the MGM Grand Garden and the Orleans Arena and other places that probably aren't going to be used, you could bring everybody here into Vegas and – House As long as the hotels could house the teams at that point, there would certainly in, in normal times be room for them. Just bring everybody in here. It could be on TV. You play the games all day. Uh, might be a welcome relief if they could get to that point. But that would relieve all the traveling, uh, consistent traveling, just bring every team into one place. The NHL, um, there's a little whisper around Las Vegas, could think about doing something like that as well. Um, either using venues here or uh, the, the Golden Knights' uh, practice facility, which actually is a little low, uh, an arena with a, a rinks adjacent, and there's like a grandstand area between the two, which could set up for the broadcast. You could actually play two games at once and put them on, on TV, um, and and bring all the teams into Las Vegas, finish up the season, and conduct the playoffs. You know, it would be a studio event, um, but that's what the NBA seems to be thinking about doing that. I don't know how far along the NHL is thinking about doing that. Major League Baseball at this point has said it's not interested in playing without fans. They could always revisit that, and I think they'll have to. But the NBA might be taking a little bit of a lead here, and the NHL could certainly follow. And if you do that thing at one venue, um, you know Las Vegas becomes a a possibility there. And if you bring the TV crews in there and you just set them up, you, you could do something like that. So anyway, that's one of the thoughts out there how they could get this thing restarted without forcing teams to travel around because there's going to be a lot of cities where I don't think they're going to lift this social distancing thing for a long while. That's in place in Vegas now, but they might be able to modify it some within too much just to get the games played.
3: Yeah, anything's possible. I mean, that, that would have sounded like a terrible idea a month ago, and, and now it's something that people have to consider. And you're right, Rob Manfred said, we're not coming back until we get all the fans and get the all clear and... Then you hear the state of Virginia says that we're going to be in a lockdown till June 10th. You have to adjust the thinking. So everybody thinking outside of the box is good. I know Connor McDavid says that you have to finish the regular season. Meanwhile, um, Sidney Crosby said, no, let's just go straight to the playoffs. So the union is split on that, um, which you would expect. But those are two of the biggest stars. What would you suggest going straight to the playoffs or trying to do a truncated season here?
15: Well, I would suggest going straight to the playoffs, unless there is some thing with uh, the regional TV where they have to get to a certain amount of games to satisfy uh, payouts, and and then it becomes sort of a business decision. And I know, and I don't, I know the NBA it's it's at seventy games, and I'm, most of the NHL teams have hit seventy games. They all haven't yet. Um, you know, maybe you you you, you play a. a a week of the regular season or at least get everybody up to like 72 games, in which case, I mean, the, the logistics of this get hard unless you bring them all into one, all the teams into one place and let them play. You may have to expand the playoffs um, because uh, there's there's such a log jam there. Maybe you go to 24 teams and you give you give the top-seeded teams uh, games off at the start at the best of three maybe. Um, you can you can adjust some things. Remember the NFL back in '80. Uh, ML, Major League Baseball back in 1981, actually expanded the playoffs, doubled the size of the playoffs um, uh, during the strike year when it actually had to break the season into two halves. And then you had, at that point, there were still just four teams in the playoffs, then you had eight. And the NFL in uh, 1982, after losing seven weeks of that season to the work stoppage, came back and they completed. Now every team is playing the same amount of games, but the playoffs expanded from ten to sixteen teams for that one year and one year only. So you can make some adjustments with the playoffs, I think. Um, and whether or not you play regular season up to that point, I'm not sure. But I, they're gonna, like you said, Rick. They're going to have to think outside the box on this, and they and they could get something. You know, if, if, if uh, it's it's going to take uh, thread in the needle here, but. Uh, Something might get done that's looking down the horizon here. But that's a best-case scenario that I see it right now. I don't think anything's going to come back to normal during the regular course of what the season would be. So they're going to have to come up with some different ideas.
3: Well, it's funny. I was watching TSN about, I don't know, a week or two ago, and and the way they were looking at it was have another camp in early July, do the regular season the last two weeks in July. So you want to, you know, get in – 15 games or whatever the playoffs would then be august and september you'd have one month off for the players in october and that's when you would do i know they've already suspended the draft and the combine and stuff so you would do the draft and all the free agency in october and then begin 2021 in november so ostensibly you would get a one month break from playing but that of course you get this long break that we're in right now does that seem feasible to you
15: yeah, it could. Uh, that that would seem like it could work, uh, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's obviously hurdles and everything. And that's assuming all these venues come back online at some point in the summer. Um, and we're yeah. still talking a couple months down the road, and things change. But I mean, I'm t- I, my my gut feel on this is all the the social distancing and all. It's going to be a good while before you know, you're going to be able to get fans in some of these places and they're going to have the NHL at some point is going to have to decide if it wants to play games in front of no fans and just have it as TV only. And uh, I think they may have made that decision already. I'm not sure. Well, not officially, but I think there's sentiment to do that. And I think that's going to be the most important thing. If they decide to do that, then their options increase dramatically. And then they could have some various options. And, and the timeline you say is not bad. Like, like you mentioned, I mean, this is this unfortunately has turned into like an off season here for a lot of the teams. I mean, three weeks isn't is going to extend to a month and a half, two months, two and a half months. So, yeah, you're going to have to make some adjustments, and that, that timeline you laid out uh, might not work badly. So uh, uh, that, that's another option they've got to consider, I think.
13: Speaking
3: of uh, adjusting on the fly, how are things going on with the gold sheet?
15: Well, all we're doing, I mean, because we, like uh, everybody in our business, we're sort of in suspended animation without games. There's nothing to do, so we're all sort of just twiddling our thumbs here for a while and coming up with stuff. I mean, I'm working on some some book things I've been delaying uh, for a while, but we're posting some stories up there at goldsheet.com and trying to wrap up the college basketball season with uh, the all-newcomer team. I'll be doing most a lot of the radio shows that I do still. We're talking about the NFL Draft. Thank goodness the NFL has given us some new material to talk with, with free agency and the draft. And I'll be doing a draft preview within the next week and a half or so up at goldsheet.com. So I'm still putting stuff up there, best of gold sheet stories, uh, the NFL Draft Preview coming up there at goldsheet.com.
3: There he is, Bruce Marshall. All the best. All the best to your family in Europe as well. And let's catch up next week, bud.
15: Thanks. You too, Rick. Thanks.
3: Okay, there he is, Bruce Marshall, and the lines are open at 1-800-878-PLAY.
8: products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term.
9: I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you.
3: All right. uh, Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. We're going to have author Sam Smith coming up in the uh, next segment. And uh, he'll sing some songs for us. Uh, Let's go to my main homie, though, who called us up at 1-800-878-PLAY. It is Christian in Texas. How you doing, Christian?
2: I'm doing all right, Rick Tittle, just trying to keep my head above water, you know, surviving this pandemic. Aren't you supposed to be doing this from home?
3: I'm at home right now. You can probably tell it sounds a bit funky.
2: My apologies, sir. My apologies. No, mine.
3: I sound funky, y'all.
2: Oh, oh, okay, okay. But, Girl. still, uh, I mean, aside from, you know, saying how I'm doing, obviously I'm trying to do all right. Me being an asthmatic, you know, COVID-19 should be hitting me hard, but it's not, thankfully. Yeah,
4: knock on wood. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I do have two things to talk about. First of all, I know that you're a little bit older. Obviously, you're in your 50s. I, myself, am probably more used to talking about this, but what are your thoughts about... E-game and then this racing stuff that NASCAR is doing. And now the NBA is thinking about doing a 2K tournament, an NBA 2K20 tournament featuring three players that have all at one point or another in the last 90 days tested positive for this pandemic in Andre Drummond, Donovan Mitchell, and Kevin Durant.
0: I
3: listen. Anything to entertain the fans, I'm for. I know that Formula One did a virtual race, like you were talking about. And it, there was some hiccups. They didn't get all. The, that's because they brought in some celebrities uh, as well. And a lot of these race car drivers, that doesn't mean they're good video game players, uh, obviously. Um, but I know the Los Angeles Kings did a virtual game. They got their top two TV play-by-play and color people um, on to do a little. You know, play by play, as well. I'm not into. I know CBS Sports had a virtual draft yesterday, and and to me, that's a waste of time. But whatever, whatever can entertain you. I'm not one to watch reruns of of games that that we've all seen a hundred times. But if they. If